Amen. Well, hey, we're, we're excited about you being with us today. I believe God's got a word for you. want to encourage you to, to start now and, and start gathering people to bring with you next weekend to the Healed Weekend. Uh, John Smithwick, you know, several of our people, I don't know, 30 so people have been on mission trips with Smithwick around the world. They are getting close to 2 million salvation so far. Uh, it's a ministry that, that we uh, support. You're going to be blessed. It's going to be crazy. And you know people who could use healing in their life. Anybody know somebody who could use healing in their life in any realm, any area of their life? Make sure that you get them here next weekend because I'm telling you, this guy's got, you know, there's an anointing on John. And uh, you, you will walk out healed, even if you don't want to be. So if you want to stay sick, you probably should sit in the foyer just to, you know, give yourself a chance. But uh, we're excited about that. Hey, uh, I, I want to get right into this today and just tell you that one, one, of my, uh, uh, one of my goals, okay, my target for the weekend is that you would walk out different than the way you came in. That you would that you'd latch on to something that would uh, that would empower you to just elevate life and go to a different place. But uh, I, I I want us to remember that God is doing a work in us. He's not building a better life for us. He's equipping us to experience the better the better life that's already built. Right? So he's already made it, right? No eye has seen, no ear has heard, neither has it entered the heart of any man the things that God has prepared for those who love him. Do you love God today? I said, do you love God? Right? Well, then there's something better prepared for you than anything that you've ever experienced before. It's already ready. It's been, been prepared in advance. God has an amazing future, right? Jeremiah 29, 11, most of us can quote that. You know, I know the thoughts, the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not harm you, plans to give you hope, plans to give you future. And man, I'm just thankful that there's hope in my future. Huh? that you have a future that's filled with hope, and God knows what he's doing. I like how the Message Bible puts that verse, that God knows what he's doing. Okay? He knows who he's working with. Sometimes we act as if, like, somehow, maybe we've, we're, we're so screwed up that God can't help us. No, you, ain't, you, might be, you might be jacked up, but you're not beyond God. Huh? And, you know, and maybe, maybe you've experienced a past that, that was tormented with things that you, weren't even your fault. But I, I'm going to tell you something. That God's got that covered. God's got a future for you. And, and, and a lot of times we go through all kinds of steps and maneuvers and, and, and you know, uh, exercises. And we start making progress. But it seems like we can make progress and then watch that progress almost evaporate. Have you ever been there? You know, where, where, where you started developing hope and then something happened again and it's like that, that hope begins to drain. And I'm telling you, don't cave in, don't give up, don't quit, don't walk out. You, you persevere to the end, right? Because, you know, the Bible teaches us that, uh, you know, hey, don't throw away your confidence. That's tied to a reward. Everybody say reward. Man, I, I, I just want you to get this. God, God really is into rewards. And he said, you know, don't throw that confidence away because that, that's got your reward. But all you need to do is, is, is make it to the end, man. He declared the end at your beginning. Don't quit in the middle. Don't decide in the middle. This must be the end. This is, oh, no. He, he declares. He declares when it's over. Okay? And, and all of us are, are, are dealing with tests and, and trials and circumstances. Everybody's got their stuff, but don't just do not quit. Don't quit. Why? Because at the end, there's a reward. You just have need of patience for after you do the will of God. Keep doing the will of God. Come on, keep, keep doing the will of God. 
But a lot of times people say, I don't know what the will of God is. And I think that's a cop-out most of the time. And I think we do know what the will of God is. I just think that the will of God is probably not what we want. Right? In the moment, in the moment, because we, you know, it's like somebody cuts you off in traffic. You want to do the will of God? No, I want to do the will of Todd. Okay? And, and you know, it's like, hey, uh, okay, but just keep doing the will of God, because you do the will of God, and, 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 and you're going you're to receive the reward. Okay? You're going to receive the reward. Check it out. In 2 John, we're just going to re- remember some stuff real quick. 2 John, uh, verse 8, look to yourselves that you don't throw away or destroy everything you've worked for, but that you hang in there till you win. When do, when do I know it's time to quit? When you've won. You, have you won? Okay, let's party. But if, you haven't, if, you're not, if you're not in the winner's circle yet, then it ain't over, right? And he said, just hang in there till you win and receive a full reward. Everybody say full reward. Oh. Don't settle for no partial rewards in life. You know, Todd mentioned it this morning that the reward that's coming to you, it's not just about you, it's bigger than you. And, 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 and man, I'm telling you, you, you know, how, how many of you know God wants to bless you? How many you know God has blessed you? The Bible teaches us that we are already blessed. He has blessed us with all these blessings. Okay. And what does it mean to be blessed? To be positioned to win or succeed regardless of the circumstance. Okay. To be positioned to win or succeed. To be positioned to win or succeed. So, so what does it mean to be positioned to win or succeed? Well, it means that I can't lose. Okay. But if you can lose or you can win, so there's a full reward or no reward or a partial reward, but you, to be positioned to win or to lose. What, I mean, bottom line, wh- what does it really mean? It means that you've been placed on a battlefield. You've been placed in, 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 in a circumstance that has opposition. Right? Because, you know, you, you don't win if there's no opposition. Right? That's called a forfeit. You know, a lot of us, we, we've missed out on some incredible victories because we forfeited. We didn't even show up for the fight. Man, you, you know, the, the enemy's wreaking havoc in your life, and you didn't even go to the fight. Matthew eleven twelve says, From the days of John the Baptist, even until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. Right? So you, you got to engage, right? You got to engage. But there, right, man, I'm telling you, you, you you're going to win. Okay? You're, you're going to win. Uh, look at this in, in Hebrews 11:6. It says, Without faith, it's impossible to please him. For whoever comes to God must believe that he is, he is God, and that he is a rewarder of those who are serious about seeking him. Man, you, you know, you get serious. And let me tell you when you know you're serious, you start changing stuff in your life. See, if you, ain't, if you ain't making changes, you might be interested, but you're not committed, right? You start taking the Word of God into your life. I think that's maybe, you know, maybe that's why, you know, we, we are slow to really get in the Word because James said, you know, hey, if you can receive the engrafted Word of God, it has the power to change the way you think, which will change the way you feel, which will change the choices you make, which will change the actions you perform, which will change the habits that you develop, which will change the, uh, you know, the end result, right? Hello? You know, and the deal is, is that when we come to God and we get serious, I mean, get serious, we're willing, man, we're willing to change. We're willing to grow. We're willing, we're willing to allow God to make adjustments, right? And he said, when you get serious, he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. 
Okay, so he's got a reward, and, and he's has, he, he, he has you on a collision course with a reward. And, and the reward, it's just a, it, it's, it's the Bible's way of, of, of putting this phrase, because a reward, well, what is that? Is that like, like, we, like, like we're given 100 coins, and we can go into the, you know, the casino and pull the lever and see what pops out? No, a, a reward is, is the result of, of uh, energy spent, or, or it's, it's, like, it's like the fruit of a harvest that you planted a seed, and it's the farmer puts the seed in the ground, and he tends it, and he takes care of it, and, and he waters it, and he weeds it. What's the reward? It, it's, it's a healthy crop. You know, well, well see, how, how, how could he increase the reward? By taking better care of that seed. Right? Hey, let's be careful that we don't throw away everything that we, you know, because think about the times that you put seed in the ground, and, and, but before it could actually really produce, we walked away from it, or we yanked it out of the ground, or, we, or, or the weeds started coming up, and we got lazy, or hello. You, you know, so uh, check this out. I love Psalms 19. It says that the reverent fear of the Lord is clean, is pure, it endures forever, and the ordinances of the Lord are true. The ordinances of the Lord, the ordinance, again, another, it's like, man, you got you to slow down a minute and make sure you understand the Bible language. What's an ordinance? It's a decision made before the event. Okay, it's just a decision that's made before anything happens, and basically it says, regardless of what happens, this is how we're going to handle life. This is how we go through life. This is, you know, Matthew 6, where it says, seek first the kingdom of God, his righteousness, his way, his way of being right, his way of doing right, his way, his way. Those decisions are already made. There's a lot of stuff. Can you imagine how much time you could save if you would stop praying about stuff you don't need to pray about? It, it, you know, and, and so instead of praying about it, because a lot of times, if you're praying about something that you, it doesn't need to be prayed about, it just needs to be obeyed about, okay? And, and you're asking, and you're, you're praying, you're just putting all this time, effort, energy into a prayer that you're actually suggesting that God change his decision. See, a, an ordinance is, is a decision, and it's set in stone. You know, like, like when it comes down to loving your neighbor, you don't need to pray, should I? We just ain't got to struggle with that one. What do we got to do? Got to love that sucker. Well, what if I don't want to? Got to do it anyways. Why? Because it's an ordinance. It's a decision that's already made. God's leading you to an outcome that has a full reward. And a lot of the decisions, they've already been made. And, and, and it goes on in verse 10. It says that those ordinances should be desired more than gold. Maybe instead of asking God, you know, for a pay increase on the job, what you need to be asking God for is a revelation of his ordinance, how you ought to act on the job. Because if you would carry out his ordinances, hey, they couldn't help but promote you. Hello? They're to be desired more than gold, and they're better than honey and the drippings from the honeycomb. And verse 11, by those ordinances, this is how we're reminded, illuminated, and instructed and when we keep the ordinances, there's a great reward. There's a great reward. Man, I'm telling you, God has a great reward. Look at somebody say, there's a great reward in your life. Okay, so now let's jump to another one that we need to re kind of re remember. Okay, James chapter 1, verse 2, consider it a sheer gift when, when tests and challenges come at you. Oh, wait, wait a minute. 
What are you talking about? You know, King James says, count it all joy. What are you, what are you talking about? Man, that's nuts. When a test and a challenge comes, I'm supposed, to, I'm supposed to go, hey, thank God. Yeah. Why? Because it's his ordinance. Well, yeah, but when challenges come, I, I, I feel uneasy. I feel, you know, uncomfortable. I, I, I feel, I, I, you know, well, how you feel isn't the issue. How you act is. Okay, and, and, and he said, so when, when you're getting hit with tests from all sides, everybody say all sides. You know, we, we complain about just, hey, there's only one side I've really been complaining about lately. It's the top side. It's like, hey, when the snow's falling, I'm getting hit, test, tested from the top side. You know, it, and it's like, hey, uh, consider it a gift because you know under pressure, that's when your faith lies forced into the open, shows its true colors. So don't try to get out of anything prematurely. Why? Because if you get out early, you're giving up the reward. You're walking away, you're throwing away everything you've worked for. Let that work in you so you can become mature, well-developed, not deficient in any way. Drop down to verse 12, and it says, anyone who meets a testing challenge head-on and manages to stick it out. So he's not suggesting it's easy. He's just telling you, you can do it. Okay? Matter of fact, I'm going to tell you right now, it ain't always easy, but it's always possible. Come on, you got this. I said, you got this. And I'm telling you, I already know in my spirit that there's people, certain areas of your life that you've considered giving up on and walking away from and letting that go. And I'm, I'm here today to tell you, hey, hold on. Don't, 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 you, don't you cave in in the middle now. No, because anybody who meets that head on and manages to stick it out is going to be mighty fortunate for such persons loyally in love with God. The reward is life and more life. The reward is life and more life. See, here's what the enemy doesn't want you to know, that, uh, that if you just hang in there, uh, you, you, you're not just going to get uh, the, you know, a better uh, you, you know, circulation in your system. No, you, you're getting more life, zoe. You're getting more life than death, more, more joy than sorrow, more peace than chaos. It's life and then more life. And it's like every, every, every time, you, every time you, you, uh, uh, you know, pass a test and you're promoted, you got more life than you had before. Right? You, you, like, like, like you can take, like you can take your, your, uh, you, you know, your joy level and, and, and you got a little joy, then now, now you got a little more joy, and now you got a medium joy, and now you got a medium large joy, and now you got a large joy, and now you got joy unspeakable. Come on, you're headed somewhere awesome today. So we've been reading this book, and uh, we, we still, I think we have more copies. Uh, I, I really recommend you swing by and pick up the book. Uh, it's called The Proving Ground by Pastor Kevin Gerald. And in the book, he talks about nine tests. And I just want to run through them real quick. Uh, but he talks about the test of small things. Anybody ever been, you know, can you, can you think of an area of your life where, oh my gosh, it was a small thing that was actually holding up the big thing? And, you know, we all want great things from God, but all a great thing is is a bunch of little things put together. And so uh, you, you have the test of small things. And what each test comes to, to prove something, okay? And, and it's, it's giving you proof. I, I really like... Uh, Romans 12, and uh, most of us can quote that one too, you know, especially verse 2, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so you can prove the will of God is good, acceptable, and perfect. The, and in the Amplified Bible, it says so you can prove to yourself. You know what? You, 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 you need proof. You need proof that God's will is good. 
Because without proof, you, you'll trade God's will for somebody else's will. And it's like, well, how, 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 did we, how did we slide out of that so easily? Well, because we hadn't proven, we, we hadn't increased the proof in our life, okay? And, and, and so the tests of the small things come to prove that you actually have potential for greater things. You know, you're asking God to increase your business. Well, wait a minute, are you taking care of the business you have? You're asking God to, to increase different areas of your life. Well, how are you doing with what you got right now? Right? Because, you know, you, you're going to be tested. And, and, and can I just tell you, you're either being tested or, or coming out of a test or getting ready to go into a new test. And most of the time, you're in several tests all at one time. But if you can recognize it, you, you go, oh, wait, this is a test. This is a gift from God. I'm going to celebrate. Why? Because a test means promotion. I'm ready for increase. Hello? The second test is the motivation test. And all, all, all the motivation test comes to do is to prove that, you, that your motivations are pure, no strings attached. Well, God, how could this be happening to me? I, I, I'm a giver. Oh, wait, wait a minute. You're a giver as long as it's easy? Yeah, I'm loving my neighbor. And then he's, he's becoming more of a jerk. Well, yeah, but are you loving him to change him or are you loving him to honor God? On, Motivation test. Okay, the third one is the credibility test. It comes to prove that you're reliable and worthy of trust. The wilderness test. It, it proves uh, your willingness and ability to change in order to open the door for increase in your life. How many would like some increase in your life? How many have ever been in a dry spot, seemed empty, seemed, seemed like, man, God ain't hearing me? As, uh, I can't. Well, you, you could be in a wilderness test, and, and, in the, and in that moment, it's like, hey, you're going to keep doing the right things because that's going to prove that we can open up the door and release increase. Okay, how, how about this one? The authority test. Oh, dear Lord. The authority test. You know, you say the word authority, and we get this weird picture in our head. And, you know, you got to be careful with authority because authority, you know, uh, uh, I can't remember right off the top of my head that saying that, uh, you, you know, you give them too much authority because uh, authority corrupts. No, authority reveals. Okay. And so authority isn't going to make somebody something that they're not. It's going to reveal who they are. But in the authority test, what, what God's proving is that you are coachable, that, that you are teachable. But you don't think that you've arrived. It, it, what happens is we end up trying to take God's spot. That's a great response. Okay, uh, the, the warfare test. It just proves your commitment to the will of God. I'm going to do the will of God. I don't care how heavy the battle gets. And I'm just going to keep doing the will of God. The, the, the next one is the offense test. Everybody say offense. You, you know, uh, it, this will give you proof that you have the ability to readily forgive. That, you know, it, it's like, uh, we're going to come back and talk about this one for a minute, but let's just look at the next one. It's the test of time. It proves that you're not given to quitting. Okay? Well, when's this going to happen? Hey, you just have need of patience. You know, it, hey, can I just tell you that if I was God and I was going to write the Bible, I, I would have just left all that patience stuff out. But God's like, you know what? You know, there's something about endurance. There, there's something about the ability to just keep going and don't cave in, don't quit. And, 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 and you know what? You need proof that you can handle it. Uh, the next one is the lordship test. And it just, it just proves that you're willing to obey. That, you know, it's obedience over preference. That I'm going to do what God wants, even when I don't want to. Huh? Well, we're all in tests. 
I said, we're all in tests. Everybody, you, you know, it might help you to understand why somebody's struggling. You know, why is their attitude so bad? Well, they're being tested. You know, you should be encouraging. You should be life-giving. You should, you should try to understand a little bit and say, come on, man. We, we, you know, but give them the right way. You know, don't, don't agree with their negative attitude. Just, just be, okay, if the action's wrong, what has to happen? We, well, we have to positively confront it. Why? Well, because we want them to have a full reward. Well, do you want a full reward in your life? Well, understand, you might be in a test. If you can understand it's a test, you, it's a little easier, at least for me, it's a little easier to consider it a sheer gift, knowing that this is actually coming into my life, that God knows what He's doing. His plan is to increase me, but He's, he's going to let me prove that I'm ready, and, and I'm going to reap a full reward. Amen, somebody? You know, and, and uh, uh, I, I want us to talk for a couple of minutes about the offense test because I, I really think that, uh, well, everybody, everybody's constantly having to deal with this. And, and by the way, have you noticed how sensitive our culture is? I mean, we live in a, we, we live in a hypersensitive culture that not only is quickly offended, but they actually expect you to be offended. And they expect you to be offended and tell people about it. Hashtag who's got your goat. Right? It's like if you're not offended about something, then they are offended because you're not offended. You need to be upset and, and, and hammer. And I got to tell you something. You know, quite, quite, quite a while ago, uh, uh, you know, I, I just disengaged pretty much from social media. Because all it did was irritate me. I'm, I'm just telling you, that you, you know, you, you're looking out here and reading through the posts of God's people who are acting like they don't know God and, and sharing with everybody what you're upset about and why they're wrong, why that's right. And I'm thinking, good Lord, do you know any scripture? You know, does anybody want to live for Jesus today? And, 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 and you know what I found out? I found out that if I wasn't careful, I walked around offended all the time. Why? Because it offended me that we would act that way, think that way, post that way. Well, I just had to get off of there. So if you've been sending me instant messages, you know now why I have not responded. <laughs> Hope you haven't been offended. But what we have to do, what we have to do is recognize that, you know what, uh, I don't have the energy to be upset about everything that everybody's upset about. You know, and, 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 you know, and going through life, I think God is wanting us to be people who choose to resist the offense, to, to walk away from, and, and to live a life free from offense. See, because I, I, I think offense is one of the areas where you're working hard, but God, where's the reward? But you've, you, you know, because offense comes in, you throw away everything that you've worked for. You, you, you know, because the offense begins to do what? It begins to make your choices and, 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 and the direction of your life is, is off because of offense. So, and I'm just here today to tell you that you can prove that you don't have to live offended. You can increase the proof of your peace. Okay? You know what I want you to leave with today? I want you to leave here today with, with peace, 190 proof. Okay, 190 proof peace. Okay, we're talking, you know, well, what in the world is that? Well, some of you guys, you know, because we're church people, we don't know anything about proof. 
right, right. Uh, and, and it's the way of measuring alcohol uh, uh, and the potency of an alcohol. So, uh, and it was really strange to me how much information I was able to gather from Todd uh, it, it, as he was explaining to me the three different levels of of of, of uh, what what did you what's that what was that called? See, Everclear, and, 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 and it comes in three different, you know, levels, and it's like, you know, you can get 151 proof, 170, or 190, and, and it's like, hey, well, well how, how do you have 190? Well, you take the percentage of alcohol, multiply it by two. This is all from Todd. You take the percentage of alcohol, multiply it by two, that gives you the proof of the alcohol. And, and so it could be, you know, you could have peace that's 50 proof, which means it's only 25% peace. Well, how about, well, why can't we have 200 proof? Well, here's the deal is that alcohol absorbs water, so you can't actually have 100% alcohol, right? And so, uh, and if you want to argue that, Todd will be in the lobby later, but... Uh, uh, <laughs> Uh, but, but, but the deal is, is, is that if, if you increase the proof, the, the potency, the power is, is, is greater. And see, there have been moments when, when maybe you've had peace uh, uh, for a moment. And, and then something happens, and you find out that the chaos seems to be stronger than your peace. Well, it's because your mix is off. See, you're, you, you can't settle for 25-proof peace. Why? Because you're dealing with 80-proof problems. You know, and then you introduce people into your life, and you swear to God that they're 151. Okay? <laughs> and, and, and holy cow! And, 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 and then our society, well, see, you gotta, you gotta elevate, you, you gotta elevate the proof of your peace, okay? Now, now check this out. Uh, history says that the word proof came from soldiers in the British Royal Navy who in the 18th century uh, would dose their gunpowder in rum to test the rum's potency. If the uh, wet gunpowder would still ignite, then that was proof that the alcohol content was high enough. Had to be at least 57% alcohol or, or 114 proof, Todd pointed out. Uh, it would be uh, 114 proof in order for, for, for wet gunpowder to still ignite. It, and see, what they didn't want is they didn't want to come in and buy barrels of, of rum and get out, uh, out to sea and find out you'd sold them root beer. And you, and you wanted it to have high proof because the last thing you needed is an upset armed soldier coming back for a refund. And so, uh, and what would happen is, is that the rum needed to be at a proof so that if the barrel broke on a ship, it wouldn't render all the precious gunpowder useless. See, because you, think about it, in the storm, something would break, and we got to make sure that it's not going to ruin everything we've worked for, that it's going to render us powerless because we haven't elevated the proof of our peace. Psalms 119 verse 165 says, Great peace have those that love His teaching, and nothing shall offend them. Great peace. Everybody say great peace. Great peace. Say it loud. Say great peace. great peace. Okay, if there's great peace, then there's large peace. If there's large, then there's medium or small or missing. 
And, and see, you have, you have access not, not to a product, but to a person who is the prince of peace. I mean, you, you get that, right? That, that you have the prince of peace operating in your life. And you have radical access, but your relationship with him, there's got to be more of him in you than anything else. You've got to increase the proof, right? So, so, that when, so that when stuff happens, Jesus said it is impossible except offenses come. If you think that you're going to go through life without feeling offended, you're going to have to be high the whole time, Right? Because offense is going to come. And see, here's where, here's where we make our mistake, is that we start, we, we feel offense, and we feel like, or we start thinking that, well, then, I, then, I, then I've screwed up, I've messed up because I've felt this offense. It's not the feeling that is the issue. It's the behavior that follows the feeling. Okay, because thoughts turn into words, or words turn into thoughts, thoughts create emotion, feelings. Emotion makes our choices. And so when, when offense comes, you can't let that offense start making your choices for you. So you have to, what, what do you do? Well, you have to build a new trigger so that when you feel offended, you gift. It's a promotion Sunday. I, I can pass this test. Pastor Tom's up there offending me. You know what? He rolled up in the driveway, got out of the car, walked in the front door, and we didn't even invite him here. But we're not going to be offended, right? No, what are we going to do? We're going to pass the test. Why? We're going to elevate the proof of our peace. Why? So we can handle the storms of life. Man, I'm going to have so much peace that I'm. Do you realize that there is a level of peace that I can't even describe? You know, Jesus said, or Jesus, the Bible said that, 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 that there is a peace that passes all understanding that has the ability to keep your heart and mind riveted on God. That even when the boats rock and the barrels are breaking, you ain't worried. Why? Because the proof is high enough, man, that this stuff is not going to impact my, it's not going to impact my power. Uh, really quick, I want to give you five reasons you do, you do not want to walk in offense. You want to be free from offense. And there's just five reasons that you just need to grab this and recognize it. Hey, things have been done. If, if, saying, I'm not going to live in offense. It's not saying they were right, I was wrong, I'll own it. No, that's not it. It's saying, I'm not going to let that thing. Because how many have been a, in a situation where you were right? They were wrong. But that's not the point. It's how, who's, who's, who's going to have, who's going to have the authority? I really hate giving authority to people who have made it known they're willing to hurt me. So you've got to take that authority back, and you've got to give it back to God. See, because God's asking you, can I trust you to trust me? Think about it for just a minute. God wants you to trust Him. Can He trust you to trust Him? Because if He can trust you to trust Him, He can take you anywhere. But if he can't trust you to trust him, then he can't take you anywhere. Why, why, why would I want to live free from offense? Well, number one, it's exhausting. It'll just wear you out. You know, it, 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 it'll, it'll, it'll take over mentally, emotionally, spiritually. You don't have the energy. You are not equipped to handle all of that drama, all of that chaos, all of that disruption 
And so what you have to do is just, say, just understand this, man. It's exhausting to live offended. I'm tired. I'm tired of being offended. I'm tired of offense making all my decisions. I'm tired of moving towards a goal and then having offense happen, and then I end up missing the goal because the offense started making those decisions. The second thing is that it's distracting. I think offenses are the equivalent to a snowstorm. Okay, and it just begins to fall, and it begins to pile up, and pretty soon you can't go anywhere. Why? Because you ain't got no traction. You have been distracted. You're focused on something that doesn't really matter. I mean, it matters, but not like the thing that really matters. So you're trading what really matters for something that doesn't really matter. Well, it matters to me. That's the deal, though. It shouldn't. You're supposed to count it a sheer gift. When, when, when that situation starts, why? Because God's going to promote you. And, and, and if he can trust you to trust him, then that's going to increase your traction. And you're going to get places you couldn't get before. Number three, here's the, here's the deal uh, with offense, is it leaks. It leaks all over the place. And, and you get offended one area of your life, but it doesn't stay in that area. Pretty soon, it's impacted every area of your life, and it spreads. So it's like a cancer. And now it's all through you, and you, you, you just, even things that you really enjoy, you can't enjoy it anymore. Why? I'm so offended. You don't have to live that way. I mean, you, you, just, don't have to, you just don't have to live that way. And you know what? It, it's really, it's just aligning with God's ordinance because he's already made the decision. Hey, when, when trouble comes, when problems come, when sickness comes, when poverty tries to creep in, when brokenness shows up, hey, hey, just, just, just get a good attitude. Cheer up. It, cause, why? Because I got a great reward for you. Hello? So, so, you know, hey, it's exhausting. It's distracting. It leaks. Number four, it's contagious. The problem is, is that others begin to catch it from you. And people who shouldn't be and who wouldn't be offended become offended not because they're offended by what happened, but they're offended that you've been offended. So they pick up your offense. So you end up causing people who are free from offense to embrace offense so that you don't have to live alone in your offense. You know, if you were offended and you shared that on Facebook, and then you went, oh, that was stupid, I should get over it. Well, how are you going to clean that other mess up? Because you've suddenly had a spurt of growth, but all the people that you infected are now offended by something that they would have never been offended by had you not been offended first. Sometimes when you throw away everything we've worked for, it was something in their life that you really didn't work for, but you brought destruction to it. I think we should just take a moment and go, oh, God. I repent. Because, you know, when I feel offense, can, can I just tell you that when you feel offense and you're going to, everybody feels offense. And uh, I, I, I won't tell you over what, but I walked in here today, felt offense. Stop. Whoa, 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 whoa. Back up. I'm not going to carry that. Mm-mm. You know, and, and so can I just tell you that the first, the first ear that you share that with you need to make it a habit to share it with God first. You don't need to share it with somebody who might be teetering on the edge in their own situation, and then you go, bleh, and there they went. And then you, five minutes later, you go, oh, shoot, man, during worship, I was just liberated. Well, they, couldn't, they couldn't worship. Why? Because you shared an offense. Uh, 
Okay, number five, number five, this one's really important. This is why you don't want to walk in a fence, because a fence will choose your friendships for you. A fence is a very divisive force. Have you ever noticed how hard it is to get along with people who won't agree with what you are upset about? Because if you're really upset about something, bless God, they need to be upset about it too. And, and, and it starts picking your friends for you, and, and you, you, you start living in a fence and, and, and getting negative, and then people who are positive, it's not that they don't love you, they, they, they're believing God's best for you. They just can't afford to hang with you. Why? Well, one, because they're smart, and two, because they're obedient. The Bible says, guard your... See, we know the Bible, but some of us aren't very smart. Because we don't guard our heart. We're going to let them tell us all about their offense. Well, words turn into thoughts. Thoughts create emotion. Emotion, hello, somebody. It, well, I'm really upset about something. We'll get some peace, and then we'll discuss it. I mean, just go get some peace. Don't talk to me mad. Hello, somebody. Uh, how about this? Proverbs 13, 20. He who walks with wise, he's going to get wiser. But the companion of fools, he's going to be destroyed. Jesus defined who was wise and who was a fool. Jesus said the wise man, remember, he's the guy that built his house on the rock, the fool, he built his house on the sand. Well, well, the wise man is the one who received the instruction of God and applied it to his life. The fool was the one who received the instruction of God but refused to apply it into his life. See, when, when, when there's people, you can, you can know really nice people, but if they're always offended, you need to love them from afar. Well, how do I do that? It's my spouse. <laughs> Let us pray. <laughs> you know, uh, let, let me wrap up with this, because there, there's another reason you shouldn't live with offense, and, and I didn't include it. I just wanted to give you five reasons why you shouldn't and why you don't want to, and there's another reason. God doesn't want you living in offense. I mean, nobody would argue that. Even non-believers would agree that God wouldn't want you living in an offense. But apparently that's not enough for us. Because a lot of us go ahead and carry offense, knowing that's not what God wants. But, well, God, God's, God's love for me and His grace, you know, is going to cover me. Yeah, but you're going to miss the full reward. See, I, I, I love my kids, and nothing that they do or what they say or how they act, nothing's ever going to change the fact that they're my boys, and, and I'm going to love them, and their wives are my girls, and, and, and uh, you know, I'm always going to love them. But they could cut out some of the reward. Huh? They're still a son. They just don't get the full reward. You're still a child of God. God loves you. But you need to understand this, that offense is hurting you. It's weakening you. It's distracting you. It's exhausting you. you know, and, and, and if you open up the door to offended people, they're going to they're they're exhaust you, and, and they're going to distract you, and, and, and they're going to impact you. And it's like, whoa, wait, wait, let, let's walk in wisdom, and let's say, you know what? If I follow the ordinances of God, there's a great reward. 
Yeah, but I love those people. I, I, okay, but maybe the reward's going to be a way to actually help. Because I really believe that certain people who are constantly offended, that they, that they desire a relationship with you, if it's, if it's right, that when you separate, they'll change. But if you don't separate, you'll change. And so what you need to do is say, okay, I, I'm, making, I, I'm making a choice that's bigger than me. And as, as a body, as a people, let's just, let's just decide today, I'm living without offense. I'm living without offense. I'm not going to be offended. There's things that I could be offended about. And, and, and the feeling of offense, I'm not going to wrestle with that. That, that. That's a distraction too. Well, how do I deal with this feeling? Hey, let me tell you something. You start dealing with the action and you change your behavior, it won't be long till that feeling loses its power. You good? You offended? Let's pray. Father, I just thank you today that you're helping us to elevate the proof of our peace. We're walking out of here today with 190 proof peace. God, we know that life situations are going to occur. But God, when the barrel breaks, we're not going to lose our power. We thank you for that. Thank you for that. While heads are bowed and eyes are closed, if you're in this room and you haven't really surrendered to the Prince of Peace, man, we're all going to pray a prayer. And we're going to pray it together. But if you're here today, you say, you know what I need? I, I need the Prince of Peace. I need, I need to give authority to the Prince of Peace in my life today. I, I need to align with God. I, I need my relationship with Jesus to be real. I'm, I'm begging you, make this prayer that we're all going to pray. Make it your prayer. And, and when we go through this prayer, just, just pray it like it's just you and Jesus. We won't call you out, won't have you stand, but if you're here today, I just want to agree with you. I, I want to personally agree with you in prayer. So if you're making this prayer real today, would you do me a favor? Just hold your hand up and say, Tom, that's me. I'm getting my life right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So awesome. I'm letting Jesus in my life today. Everybody, everybody in the room, just pray this. Just say, Dear Heavenly Father, I know I need you. I need your love. I need your acceptance. I need your forgiveness. So I receive those right now. Thank you for coming into my life. Now change me from the inside out. Give me hope. Give me strength. Give me vision. I choose to live for you every day of my life, starting right now. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for setting me free. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. And the Bible says that when a sinner gets saved, heaven rejoices. I think we ought to join the party. Yeah, come on, somebody.